630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. When the game is over, the fun begins. Interviews, highlights, analysis, and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins, Reed Wilkins on Oilers on Radio. Oilers. 630 Chad. A route tonight at Rogers Place. The Buffalo Sabres cruise into town and pound the Edmonton Oilers 6-2 for the Oilers tonight. Poor goaltending, poor special teams, poor finish around the net when they did have a scoring chance, and it all adds up to the Oilers' first loss of the young season. They are now 2-1. and one. Thanks for tuning in tonight. It is 8.07 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Of course, you can reach us at 780-496-0063. You can also text us at 630 30. Well, Rob, it didn't start well, and I do want to point out here, a minute 46, a minute 22, and tonight 2.37. And we're actually going to go downstairs right now and hear live from Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. How they played as a team, how good their special teams were, how many battles they won. Well, that pretty much sums up our group. The preparation. We looked like the bad news bears. We had a five o'clock game in the afternoon. We had guys falling all over the place. We didn't execute. Our passing was poor. Uh, positionally, from the goaltender to the blue line on up to the forwards, no one was ready to play. So, I think you take from each and every game, you learn lessons. We learned a lesson that we're not quite ready to take a step. We can't handle prosperity yet, and uh, we just got kicked right between the legs, and we deserved it. Pretty frustrating enough not to play him in the last two periods. He took three penalties in Calgary in a 15-minute span, and he took two tonight in about a 12-minute span. I don't want to be out there if I'm penalty-killing, blocking shots all the time for him for stupid penalties, so he can sit and watch. Pretty simple. We have some... uh, foundation or fabric things that we have to continue to fix as an organization and stupidity is one of them so don't play watch simple or would a better team recover from that and help them out because I saw him stop 23 the other night in Calgary and save our asses so, yeah, Cam struggled immensely. He'd probably be the first to tell you. But sometimes the team bails out the goaltender, too. Yeah, it was one of those player association days off. We took it today, so we'll skate tomorrow. Is that a call that the coaching staff Everybody has to participate in it, coaches and players. And they have. Good. Well, you know what? I got to get the emotion out of my, uh, out of me a little bit too, and the coaching staff. Um, we're part of the problem. We didn't have our team prepared, so I got to take a lot of the responsibility myself. Uh, so we'll take the emotion out. We'll look at the game. Uh, there's a lot of it. You pick ten different areas, uh, but the preparation and the competitiveness for me is, um, you know, I saw some smaller players that were very aggressive on their team noses over the puck rolling out on the cycle blocking shots in lanes going to the blue paint um you know so we need more of that from our guys maybe we'll get that out of them 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, again, it was just part of that part of the night that was strange to begin with. But uh, Paul Talbs, Gus goes in, he gets run over. Um, apparently, they well, not apparently, they do have uh, spotters that if they think that the the individual player, whether it's a goaltender or anybody, has to come out uh, because of a head injury, uh, then he has to come out. So we were told uh, was phoned in. Um, to our trainer that he has to come out. So Cam goes back in, and um, goaltender's not allowed back in. So that's, that's all I know right now. Oh, the, oh for, for tomorrow you're talking. I thought you meant the situation in the game. I'm sorry. Um, I don't know yet. Uh, we'll have to figure that part out. Um, in this situation, we kept them out. Well, we were, you know, I couldn't stand there and watch it anymore. We had to do something to change things. So, uh, um, you know, we got a little spark when the lines did change, uh, but it, it quickly diminished um, after that. Okay, that's head coach Todd McClellan. Courtesy of GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine parts at wholesale prices. His Oilers beaten badly, as I'm sure you can tell by his comments, 6-2 by the Buffalo Sabres. Some of the highlights, we looked like the Bad News Bears. We got kicked between the legs and we deserved it. And specifically about Benoit Pouliot, stupidity is one of the things about this organization that has to be fixed, Rob. And he said, if Pouliot's going to continue taking penalties, I can ask the penalty killers to go out there and block shots and work hard for this guy so he can watch. Well, for, first, I, I, I could sit and listen to Tom McClellan talk after games all the time. Brutal honesty. And, and and you like that as a player. He's honest. He doesn't sell you out, but he's honest about what he sees on the ice. Uh, as far as Pouliot, we, we talked about it. We talked about it last game, how we, we believe that he shouldn't play the rest of the game. And then again tonight, it, and it is, it is stupidity. And I, what I really liked about what Todd McClellan said there, we can't ask our penalty killers to go out and lay their body on the line, block shots for some guy that takes dumb penalties. And it's true. I mean, penalty killing's tough. It, it, it's tough. They're asking you to do an awful lot. They're asking you to lay your body in front of a guy taking a 100-mile-an-hour slap shot and get in lanes and, and do that. And players do that, and they, their willingness to do that is, is fantastic. But when it's a player that takes a, a, a dumb or a, a selfish penalty, you know, it's not fair to that player who's now got to go out and, and block that shot and lay down his body in front of it and put it in on the line. Uh, this is not uh, a one-off for, for Benoit Pouliot. It's not something that, you know what, while we don't usually see this out of him, this is something that came before he came to the Oilers. People talked about it. We saw it in the previous seasons here with the Edmonton Oilers. And then the, the, the worst part for, for Tom McClellan is 
it happened last game. Yeah. Three penalties last game. He just benched him last game. And he missed an entire period last year, half a period after, uh, last game. This is the very next game, and the penalties are just silly penalties. I, I know, again, I did not see the first one. It was in the offensive zone. It was a high stick. But the second one, a player that is not involved with the play. There's The guy's not even within 50 yards of the play, and he sticks his leg out, trips him, right in front of the referee. Easy call for the ref. Tom McCullen had no choice, and good on Todd for doing that. So, but again, Benoit Pouliot, at that time, it was a 2-2 game. And Benoit Pouliot, who had scored already, could be an effective player to help this team win. Tom McCullen can't use him over the next 40 minutes because he's got to send a message that this is wrong. So uh, Benoit Pouliot's selfishness cost uh, not only himself 40 minutes of ice time, but it cost his team a chance to, to win this hockey game. Pouliot and Lucic had the Oilers' goals. Lucic gets career point number 400. Ryan O'Reilly, four points for the Sabres. Rasmus Ristolainen had three assists. Later on, we will go into the Sabres dressing room for Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. Right now, we want to go to the phones, and we have Mark standing by. Hey, Mark, thanks for calling. Hey, thank you. Uh, always a great show, you guys. Um, listen, I... It, the, the, Pouliot is certainly um, a, a concern, but I, and it's early, but I, I'm a little concerned about the lack of, uh, I guess, production out of Nuge, uh, one of my favorite players. He's pretty much been invisible in the first three games, and I, I thought with second line checking, we might see a little more, uh, take a little more pressure off uh Daniel McDavid. Just my comment. Well, I, I agree. I, I, I totally agree on that. He, he had a, a very quiet preseason. Uh, he, he hasn't seen a lot, or you haven't seen a lot of him here in the first three games. To me, I don't see him as the second-line center here. I believe that that's Leon Dreisaitl when Leon is playing center. I believe he's a he gives you more in the number two role. So having said that, if you got Nuge as your third-line center, I mean, he should be effective. I mean, he's a guy that was the number one center here for a few years. If you got him playing against the other team's, you know, third line or third pairing defenseman, he should have success. Uh, having said that, I thought tonight when he moved onto a line with Eberle and Lucic, I thought this was the best Nuge had looked. That's the most jump that I've seen him have throughout the preseason, throughout the first few exhibition games. So hopefully this is something that will catapult him forward because, I mean, it's not like his talent dried up. He is talented enough to be a, a very good hockey player on this team, but you are absolutely right. He has not been near as good as he needs to be or should be yet. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. The streak with the Japanese Village goal light ends at two. Rob Brown. The Oilers have to get five or more in a game for us to turn that on. On the Oilers page on six thirty chedcom Whenever the Oilers do get five or more, you can go to that web page, print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Three locations: North Side, South Side, and Downtown. Just a couple of blocks here from Rogers Place. Six two. The Sabers ring up the Oilers tonight. They controlled it throughout. The Oilers briefly flirted with being in the game. They tied it 2-2 late in the first, but that did not last. We'll go back to the phone lines, and we have Fred standing by. Hey, Fred. Hello. Hey, Fred, go ahead. Hey, how are you guys tonight? Good. You know what? I, Rob, I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the style of goaltending being taught nowadays? 
Back when you played, there was more stand-up goaltending. Now they're, I don't know why they're flopping on the ice so much, but uh, I just want your opinion on the goaltending nowadays, how they're being taught. Well, you're right. It, well, it's much different than when I played. Everybody stood up. It was You, you didn't go down rarely. I, I, when I broke in, there was a guy named Gilles Malosh. When he used to come down on a breakaway, he would stick his stick and follow the puck wherever the puck went on the stick, and that's how he'd defend. He would never fall down. I played with goalies. He would actually just lean sideways and fall down that way. Uh, it there, there was success with certain goaltenders that came into the league that played the butterfly, and then they started teaching everybody that. Um, uh, honestly, I don't know. My Personally, myself, I liked when goalies went down. I was a guy that liked shooting upstairs, so it benefited me. Uh, the goalies still today are much better than they were 10, 15, 20 years ago just because they're bigger, stronger, faster, just like all the players are. Uh, in all honesty, I, I couldn't give you an honest assessment on how to train a goalie or what he should do because I'm, I was a goal scorer and I didn't really pay much attention to, to the goalies. And some people said I didn't see my own goalie enough as well. So, uh, But they, it, you're, you're certainly right. The goaltenders are much more butterfly covered down low than they ever have, ever have been in the, in the past. And that's because certain goaltenders found success, so everyone emulated it. Tonight's starting goaltender for the Oilers did not play the whole game, as we look at our ju- adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors, life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better with help from your chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. You heard Todd McCullen talk about pulling Cam Talbot after the fourth goal. He had to go in, though, about 10 minutes after leaving the game because Jonas Gustafson was removed from the game by an NHL concussion spotter a few minutes after he was in a collision with his own defenseman, Adam Larson. Talbot didn't have a good night. The Oilers did not have a good night. They lose 6-2 to the Sabres. You will hear from Cam Talbot when we get back. It's Overtime Open Line, presented by the Canadian Brewhouse from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. From the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. And it's O'Reilly in front, quick one-touch, and a save made on Matt Molson. Loose puck in the blue paint, and Talbot reaches out and pulls it to his chest. Good flurry by the Sabres, and it started with that high slot redirect. Best period once the game was already out of reach. Our save of the game is for Armour Insurance. Protect your car, home, and business with Armour at armorinsurance.ca. Let's hear from the Oilers goalie who had a tough night. Here's Cam Talbot. For you, and then you turn it around. Why does it turn around faster this year? I think just because of the personnel we have in this room, the belief that we have in this room. Uh, we know that we can uh, play with anyone this year. I think that's the belief. Everyone believes in each other in here, and, and everyone's going to pick each other up after a game like tonight, and we're not going to let this one linger like we have in the past, and we're going to come out Tuesday ready to go. This. Um I lost my question. We uh, jumped in a little <laughs> bit late, Cameron. I apologize. Just kind of one of those nights where just maybe not feeling it like you might have liked to. Or... Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a tough start. And maybe if I make one of those two, one of the, like a save on one of those first two goals, it kind of turns us around and gives us a spark. I wasn't able to make the big save early, and uh, that kind of cost us. This was a team effort. Like, there was not a lot of great hockey played out there by the whole team. It wasn't just you. Uh, is this a sign of an immature team? And is this a sign of a team that still have to figure out how to win, how to play consistently? Uh, maybe at some point, but I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm my biggest critic, and I think that if I make some of those saves, and um, maybe the game's a little bit different on it. 
different early on. So, um, you know, I'm never going to put the blame on anyone but myself. So, uh, but I think that as a team, we can use this as a as a building block and, and move forward and move past it and try to put it behind us because last year we kind of, like I said, let these uh, let these games kind of snowball and we kind of went on a bit of a losing streak and that's what we kind of have to get away from. So I think that this team is mentally stronger than last and I think that we're going to come out and have a good chance to prove it on Tuesday. I'm not sure. I think that has something to do with the new league spotter rule. Yeah, I think I'm not sure exactly. I think it's mandatory if a guy lays on the ice that he has to be taken out and, and observed. I'm not sure what the actual diagnosis is yet, but um, league rule, if a guy gets hit in the head and lays on the ice, he has to be taken out. So, sort of was already asked, but what what happened on that third goal? What were you seeing? Uh, it was just a random bouncing puck. I mean, he, he flipped in and bounced at the, the hash marks, kind of kicked to my right. I gave a little push and then it kicked right back to my left right originally was so I mean no excuses that's a puck that's got to be stopped it's a flipped in puck from the red line and those are the ones that guys need me to save and those can't be going in thanks Cam yep read that's Cam Talbot all right thanks Brendan Ulrich work in the Oilers dressing room for GCL Diesel serving oil country for 45 years with genuine parts at wholesale prices 6-2 the Sabres cruise past the Oilers we have Terry on the open line hey Terry Evening, Rob Reed. Nice to talk to you guys again. Tough night. Night you could be throwing darts at the, from all over the place to hit the dartboard and you wouldn't miss. I'm <laughs> uh, just going to pick on one thing tonight, and it's uh, not just tonight. There's a fellow named number 25, and I think the media's got a love affair with this guy, so I can't understand why. I've been watching his game for the last couple of years, and it's not progressing, it's regressing. And I'm seriously wondering whether this guy can act absolutely think the game. It sort of reminds me of Yakupov. I think Yakupov was not processing the game properly. What do you think? Well, if you go through the game film just like tonight, there was a number of plays where Darnell read the play wrong. Uh, he went to the wrong man. He, he put the puck in the wrong area. It, just like a number of players on the team, he struggled tonight. And for Darnell to take the next, next step forward and be the defenseman that they, they hope that he can be and they think that he can be, it's processing the game that he's got to figure out. It's a big difference in speed by how fast you have to think than it was in junior. So in junior, he could get by simply on skill. In the National Hockey League level, he's going to find guys that are as fast as him. He's going to find guys that are as big as him. So he's got to be able to think and figure out the game, where he's got to be, where he's got to put the puck, which guy he should go to, and, and do it quickly. And there's been times that he has struggled with that. So uh, if they'll, they'll continue to work with him and hope that he can grasp it. And, I mean, the tools are there. It's just a matter of him being able to figure out the gamesmanship. And that's what the coaching staff is going to have to continue to work with them. But you're right. Dar- Darnell has had some tough nights over the last couple of years, and tonight was one of them. 6-2. The Sabres beat the Oilers. You'll hear from Ryan O'Reilly, the Sabre who had four points as we move along. Canadian Brewhouse overtime open line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. Live from the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, this is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brew House on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, this one wasn't close tonight. Sabres cruising past the Edmonton Oilers, 6-2. We're going to get to Jeff on the phone line to finish the play in a second, but right now let's go into the Sabres dressing room for Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions Here's the man who had four points, Ryan O'Reilly. 
Yeah, that was really nice. We needed a good response from our last game. Um, you know, I thought we were much more consistent tonight. Uh, you know, we just support each other better, made plays, and you know, that's the hockey we have to establish right away. Um, you know, it's, it's a big road trip, and it's, it's nice to start off like that. Having given up the lead the way, the way it happened in the first period, does it mean a lot, the fact that you guys came back and, you know, recontrolled that game? Absolutely. You know, we you know we had a couple little errors, but, you know, I think we still, we knew we were playing well. And we, knew we, we need not to really deviate at all. So from that, uh, you know, we just took a breath and, you know, we stayed calm, stayed calm, tried to, tried to be mature in those situations and just keep doing things well. And it was nice that they, that they paid off. The Oilers really didn't get many breakouts against you. The two that they maybe got were, were goals. Defensively as a team, did you feel like you came out and established your play early on? Absolutely. You know, we wanted to be, we wanted to be heavy and, you know, play a strong game where we're kind of getting in, in the way of their guys with speed and slowing them down and you, know, you could see once you know the odd, the odd time we didn't they created a lot of momentum off it and made plays you know for us so you know it was a collective group that uh, you know we decided you know, we got to play big make it tough on them and it seemed to work to me and early on the passing was very good leading to those two goals in that first period yeah the first one definitely was a, it was a great play by a great pass by rhino to there and you know, that's what we have to do. We have to, you know, be confident in each other and make the right plays at the right time. And you know, the pucks, the pucks got to be the fastest moving thing on the ice. Third goal, you're just throwing it up on the net and see what happens. Or? Yeah, I try to put a little action on it. I guess uh, <laughs> you know, I practice it all the time. And uh, yeah, it's just you know, it's a tough play for goalie. You see, you know, many times you're doing practice, it's you know, you never know what's going to happen. For me, it was just a lucky bounce. So. I'll take it, right? <laughs> what did Kyle Coase bring to the lineup? He was huge. He was a you know, big reason why we won tonight. You know, that was my first time getting to, getting to play with him, which you know, obviously I, I enjoyed. He, he does so much out there. Such a strong game, and for him, uh, you know, to impact the lineup like he did tonight is huge, and that's that's what we need. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, all right, that's Ryan O'Reilly. Two goals, four points. One of the goals that bouncer from center that eluded Cam Talbot. In the third, the uh, second period, sorry, uh, three minutes 53 into the second period, and that actually turned out to be the game winner, 6-2, the Sabres take it. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. We'll go back to the phone lines, and we have Jeff standing by. Jeff, you're also going to finish the play, and you'll be trying to get into the grand prize draw for 1000 bucks to Integra Tire Auto Center. You can visit Integra Tire to experience service you can trust. Integra Tire experience integrity. But first, give us your thought on tonight, buddy. Well, I'm just elaborating a little bit on uh, one of your last callers there on Darnell Nurse. Uh, I mean, we talk about him him reading the play and some of the mistakes that he made tonight. Um, but not only that, I mean, when you see Connor McDavid in a mix-up in a five, I think it was five-two or six-two at that point in your own building. Uh, you know, Darnell's coming in there to his defense with with eggs in his pocket. Well, I know which one you're talking about at the, at the end. It was, it was Josh George's. It, was, it wasn't a whole lot, and I think uh, that situation... I mean, Connor McDavid doesn't want some guy to fight for him every time. If the guy had done anything big, if he, it, there was an intent. But Josh George's, he actually took the worst of it as Connor McDavid had him pinned down there for a second. So uh, I think that if there was anything that was uh, warranted... I think Darnell Nurse would have had no problem coming in. We've seen that in the past with Darnell. I, I think that one was just frustration on Connor McDavid, and he, as a monk, as a, probably the rest of the team was frustrated, and they just he didn't want anything more to come out of it than what came of it. Josh Georges isn't a dirty player. He's not a player that you would think, oh, you better keep your eye on him. He's going to try and hurt one of our players. So on that one there, Darnell Darnell struggled tonight, but I don't I don't put anything on Darnell for not doing anything in that situation. All right, Jeff. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. 
I mean, if you're not doing anything in the game, you need to you need to create something. And I think uh, but, if the Oilers create something in their own building, you're not going to have the cheers when uh, Talbot gets a shot on him from center ice and hear a cheer from the fans. Yeah, but I mean, I'm not a, a big believer when you're when the game is over, you're down six two, you go out head hunting, you go out do do something that way. If you're gonna if you're gonna stand up for your team, if you're gonna throw a big hit, if you're gonna fight someone. Do it when the game is close. Do it when the game matters. And when you do it, it matters. At that point, I mean, for him to go and beat up Josh Georges, which he would have because Josh is not a fighter, I mean, that's that's not. I, I don't think that's the part of hockey that you want. I think at that time, the game is over. It's done. The Buffalo Sabres had been the better team the entire night. And, all right, you know what? We're going to – this is – it's an egg that we laid tonight. We're going to watch some video. We're going to be better next game. Now, the next game, in the first five minutes, if Darnell Nurse wants to go out and run someone, drop his gloves to get some momentum going, to get his team pumped up, then I'm all for that. But to do it in a game just because you're losing and you're frustrated, to me it doesn't really it, – it just doesn't show a lot. It doesn't mean nothing. Do it when it means something. Tell you what, Jeff. Fair enough, we, fair we, enough. I don't think I'm not talking about just a fight. I'm talking about being soft in front of our net oh, in our own zone. Yeah, you're right, and cetera, and that's yeah, and that that stuff that he needs to be early in the hockey game when it matters. You're you're right. I mean, Darnell, uh, along with a number of players tonight, did not have strong games. And to me, the biggest thing for Darnell is, is reading the play. And there is one example: uh, the puck. He pushed the puck up to to Eberle on the boards. Eberle got beat off the boards. He should have sealed off. Instead, he doesn't. And then his Eberle, Eberle is with the guy, and Darnell chooses the wrong guy to go at. The guy passes to Darnell's guy. Now all of a sudden, Larson's in front of the net, two on one, and that one's on Darnell Nurse. He's got to read the play better. That's where he's got to continue to improve. Tell you what, Jeff, we want you to win something tonight. So here's finish the play to get into that Integra Tire Grand Prize draw. What do you have, Kellen? Off the draw, left side, Oscar Kleffbaum wanders in tight backhander to save Leonard Reed. All right, goal or no goal for the Oilers there? No goal. Off the draw, left side, Oscar Kleffbaum wanders in tight backhander to save Leonard Rebound. Loose the blue paint for a moment. And Leonard's able to get on top of it against Jordan Eberle. All right, good stuff, Jeff. You will be in the grand prize draw to uh, 1000 bucks for to Integra Tire Auto Center. Good stuff, buddy. Good call. Really appreciate that. The three stars tonight, obviously Ryan O'Reilly, the first star. Brian Gianta, the second star. He had a couple of goals. And uh, Leon Dreisaitl was selected at <laughs> as the as the I, third star. I, 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 thought, would have... I thought Leon wasn't bad. I mean, he was 70% in the face-offs. He, had, he was plus one on a game where your team lost 6-2. He had an assist. I mean, up front, I thought he was as strong as anybody. Who do we pick for the fourth star then? <laughs> I, I, you know what? I'm going to go with... Chris Russell. I thought Chris Russell was fine on the back end. I thought there were some struggles on the back end tonight. I thought Chris Russell, again, was fairly solid. Played almost 23 minutes. Ended up with a a clean slate. Uh, uh, No pluses and no minuses. He was even on the night. All right. And the fourth star is for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. 6-2. The Sabres pound the Oilers tonight. Here's Oilers captain Connor McDavid. What do you think the difference was tonight where the team just didn't have it like maybe the last few? Uh, we were just flat right from the start. Um, we didn't have it tonight, and it started with me. I was terrible, and um, that's definitely not the kind of game that, uh, that you know, people are going to fall when you, uh, when you know that's happening, period, and say, I mean, I imagine it's tough, but get that turned around in a night. You know, we, uh, we did a lot of good stuff, um, you know, late in that first period to get ourselves back in the game, then kind of got away from us again in the second, and you know, I thought we had a really good uh, kind of regroup there in the intermission, and came out flat again, so, um, 
and something that we definitely got to work on is, uh, you know, nipping it in the butt when, uh, you know, those, those stretches of, of bad play kind of kick in. Thanks. Does anybody just describe the slow start? I mean, what can you guys do better to, I'm sure you guys are ready to go each game, but just the reason for it, do you have any idea why? Tonight anyways? Yeah, we've done it a few times, and we did it last night, uh, or the other night as well, so, you know, it's on us to, to figure out, um, you know, why these are happening and, and, you know, get ready to start on time. That's Connor McDavid. All right. Thanks a lot, Brendan Ulrich, working in the Oilers dressing room tonight. McDavid finally got one shot on goal in the third period, just one shot for Connor McDavid. He was minus one in 1843 of ice time. Some other stats the Sabres were two for six with the power play, the Oilers 0 for one. And. I mean, the the Oilers didn't earn a power play, and the nope. Sabres didn't give them one. I mean, no. the, the one penalty was called, was a trip, but... Well, and the the Oilers, they were losing a lot of battles yep. early in the, in the game. They were chasing, and usually the chasers take penalties, and they took three from just off the top mid, three dumb penalties, two by Puglia, and then Anton Lander, again, a, a, a dumb penalty. Didn't you even sh- slash the guy he was mad at. No, you're, you're shorthanded, and you're frustrated. But you, you, you two-hand a guy in the back in the, of the leg and put you down five on three. Now, Talbot came up with some big saves there, but you can't do that, especially when you're – anybody can't, but especially if you're a guy that is a bubble player that's in and out of the lineup. You want to stay in the lineup, you do all the little things right, and, and, and Anton Lander right there can't take a silly penalty uh, whether the game is in reach or not. Pouliot and Lucic had the Oilers' goals. That means a $50 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, courtesy of Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. Booster Juice giving 25 bucks to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation for every goal the Oilers score this season. All right, I believe we have two gentlemen named Jared on the line. So, Jared, if you heard your line click a little bit, you're the Jared that's on air right now. <laughs> What's on your mind? Hi, is it me? This is you, Jared. Oh, okay. Uh, okay, well, I think that number one, uh, I, I think Pouliot's the, the fourth line left winger, and Pitlick and uh, Maroon should both be bumped up the line. And uh, I think Pulley RV probably should do a little bit of minors. He kind of looks lost. And, I mean, you guys know better than me and McClellan, and especially you, Rob, but... But uh, he looked a little lost. He was kind of floating around, I thought, a little bit tonight. But uh, I do absolutely love, and Talbot had a stinker, and that happens. But uh, I do love that Larson and Clefbaum, uh, I, I think they're just, I, you know, they're just progressing, and they're, Clefbaum's taking chances, and Rex, he's got a lot of confidence. And uh, well, I haven't seen that in a long time, and I, I love it. And, and Larson, you know, he, he come in uh, Edmonton, he was only 205. Now he's 215, and now they got uh, Clefbaum listed at 220, and Nurse, by the way. These guys put on some poundage, right? And uh, you can see it here tonight. Like, uh, they're they're physical specimens, I guess. That's all I got to say. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Jared. We appreciate it. Uh, a couple things you threw out there. Uh, the one, uh, Pouliot, I mean, the Oilers need Pouliot as a top nine for it. They need him to play. They need him to be smarter and to be able to contribute. Uh, Maroon, I, th- I think, has outplayed him throughout the preseason and the start of the regular season. And that's one of the reasons you've seen him getting extended minutes. I, I would not hesitate to move him up into your top six at any time. But Pitlick, I think, is has been a solid fourth-line addition. I don't know if moving him ahead of 
have Pouliot. I think if Pouliot plays smart, he will be a top-nine guy. And as for Clefbaum and Larson, I thought Larson was fine again. Clefbaum struggled tonight. Yep. Uh, Clefbaum has been very, very good throughout the, the preseason and the first couple of games, but Clefbaum struggled tonight. He, he, he struggled moving the puck. He struggled defense and some bad decisions. And, and everyone has bad games. The best players that have ever played the game have had bad games, and collectively uh, there were a number of Oilers tonight that struggled, and he was one of them. Well, and that's and Nurse got to play with Larson as a result, yep. and then that probably put Nurse, Nurse in an even tougher situation as well, and his night spiraled under control. I mean, there were a lot of guys not doing their jobs tonight, and that led to tough situations for other guys, and that leads to a, a 6-2 loss. I think you're right about Maroon, though. Mm-hmm. He's been fairly consistent. I mean, it's hard to as we said, it's hard to really praise anybody tonight when you lose by four goals and are out of it for most of the night. But Maroon has been a more consistently dangerous player than Benoit Pouliot. And, and, he, and he plays a more physical game, but doesn't often wind up in the box. No, he's smart that way. He understands his role. And, and had the Oilers not signed Milan Lucic, Maroon would have been on your first line with Connor McDavid from what we saw at the end of last season where he had a ton of success, played very well. Uh, Maroon has been good throughout the the preseason. He's been very good in the first three games. Uh, I would not be surprised if he continues to get top six minutes. And, I mean, he's getting power play time. He understands his role. And I think as as any player, if you want to have success, know what your role is and excel at it. And I think he has been doing that since the Oilers picked him up last year. All right, when we get back, we will bring in the other Jared on the open line. You'll also hear from tonight's winning coach, Dan Bilesma. Sabres 6, Oilers 2. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. From the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Just three games in the NHL tonight. The Islanders beat the Ducks 3-2 in overtime. Carolina leading the Canucks 2-0 after one. The Hurricanes will be here Tuesday to face the Oilers. And, of course, Edmonton getting pounded 6-2 by Buffalo. National League Championship Series. Dodgers lead the Cubs 1-0. It is in the bottom of the ninth. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins, and we have Jarrett on the phone line. Hello, Jarrett. Hello, guys. Hi. Uh, I just got a comment about Nugent Hopkins and the games I've seen him play. And I think that his performance kind of started to drop after his injury last year. And even like the game that they played against Vancouver, he lost the face-off to Sutter. Then he didn't take him to go to the front of the net. And he seems to be, I know you talk about his defensive reads, but he seems very tentative to get involved in, in any of the plays. And the other thing I noticed tonight was in uh, the last couple games is when McDavid is out on the ice and there was a play today here in the second period where Dreisaitl was carrying the puck up the middle of the ice and McDavid was wound up on the left-hand side and he basically had to gear down. And I still believe, like I like Milan Lucic, I still think that whoever's on one of his wings has to be able uh, somewhat to keep up with him in terms of speed, because if you always are, you know, 40, you have to be 50 feet in front of him or 50 feet behind him, I don't see how that's any good. I mean, you could think the game as well as you want, but if you're Darnell Nurse and you can't make the pass or you're one of the wingers and you can't skate with him, I don't see, I just see Connor McDavid being held back until they can find a fit that someone that can keep up and skate with him. And I just wanted uh, Rob's uh, opinion on that. Well, I, I, I know what you're saying, but if you look up and down the Oilers' lineup right now, which forwards 
would be able to keep up with Connor McDavid. I mean, he, he his speed is second to none here. So they, they don't have... I think when you don't have the speed to be able to skate with him, then you must understand the game well enough to know all right I anticipate being a different be quicker out of the zone get the puck to Connor McDavid so that when he's got the puck he can make the play and he doesn't have to slow down for you so I think when he plays with a guy like Dreisaitl Dreisaitl usually will find him early so that Connor doesn't have to lose speed when he plays with Jordan Eberle when he's on the line Jordan understands that and he gets in the puck Milan's still learning I mean he's learning to play with someone as fast as Connor is and it's not easy finding someone to play with superstars it's not I mean every year the Pittsburgh Penguins seem to go out and try to find a guy that can play with Sidney Crosby and in one year they took Kunitz with them to uh, I don't know was it the Olympics that he yep. yeah because and Kunitz wasn't as good as a lot of other players but they knew that Kunitz was smart enough to play with Sidney Crosby so I, I understand what you're thinking to me the biggest thing is get McDavid the puck when he's got speed so you don't have to let him slow down to wait for you to make the play Jared thanks Hmm? Jared, yep. sorry, Jared. We we got to no just bu- jump into the Buffalo dressing room here before the Sabers get out of town. Here's uh, their head coach, Dan Bilesma. Yeah, I I, uh, I agree. I thought uh, we came out up hard and strong and and played the way we we needed to play the game, which is in the offensive zone, and and uh, led to it led to a number of our goals. The first goal of the game is on a forecheck and turnover. We turn it into the back of the net, and uh, the same thing on the. Uh, Giantis first goal. Was it readily apparent the impact Doc Bozo can have? <laughs> Not just a goal, quick goal, but just the, the calm nature on the ice. Uh, well, I think you saw it a lot of areas. Uh, the power play uh, had a different look to it. Uh, with him out there, they hit the, uh, the crossbar uh, before he made the play to Ryan on the side of the net for the goal. Um, and yes, a, just a presence on the ice really just to play the right way playing above the puck and um, you know we see it in the third period winning puck battles and and uh, you know keeping pucks in front of us and and something something he added to the game tonight for sure all of your defense but certainly Josh in particular who sends McDavid was really frustrated by the way they were playing especially physically well I, I you know it's a it's a tall task to to take Keep Connor McDavid off the score sheet, and and uh, comes at you in a lot of different ways with a lot of speed. And I thought our guys did a, a great job of of being on top of him tonight and tracking his speed and getting his way. And Josh, uh, the one in particular, where he's coming wide with speed and, and takes him out on the boards there. And uh, but I thought uh, I thought we did it with pretty much every one of our guys uh, and and limiting his offensive ability tonight. Well, they limited McDavid. They pretty much limited everything the Oilers want to do. The Sabres cruise tonight, winning 6-2 at Rogers Place. Ryan O'Reilly had four points. Pouliot and Lucic had the Oilers' goals. Lucic gets career point number 400. So the Oilers 2-1 and one on the young season. Now we see how they react to a loss like this. Next action. Tuesday night against the Carolina Hurricanes. We'll have it for you on 6.30, Chad. The face-off show will start at 5.30, and the game will start at 7. More Oilers coverage, of course, on our Oilers page on 6.30Ched.com. Bob Stoffer will have Oilers now at noon tomorrow. I'll have inside sports from 6 to 8, a shorter show, because the Eskimos show returns from 8 to 9. Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer tonight, back at 6.30, Chet. Troy Bowler, our engineer here at Rogers Place. 
On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center. 6-2, Sabres beat the Oilers. Thanks for listening. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.